I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. Welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Keelan McNamara and Hunter Boss. We're at it again with another episode. Let's go ahead and get started with the news. Pretty big news today. TJ Dillashaw getting the next title shot against Aljamain Sterling. Hunter, what do you think about this matchup? What do you think about this being, I don't know if it's officially booked yet, but basically unofficially booked. Yeah, so yeah, from what I saw, it's it's kind of booked, kind of not. Uh, Aljamain Sterling came out and said it wasn't booked, but if this was booked, because it seems like a matchup that makes sense, I love this matchup. I think we've never seen TJ Dillashaw out wrestled before. I could, I'll say, um, we should have saw it in the Henry Cejudo one, but we didn't because Cejudo somehow finished him. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. I always have fun watching TJ Dillashaw now. I haven't always been the biggest TJ Dillashaw fan, considering I'm a Cody Garbrandt fan. (laughs) But I do have to give credit where credit's due. He knows how to put on a show. So TJ Dillashaw versus uh, Aljamain Sterling, I'm totally for it. I'm totally for it. Especially if Peter Yan isn't, you know, getting the the shot at the belt right now. TJ Dillashaw truly is the next person in line. So I'm not mad about it here. I'm actually really excited about it. Yeah, this is very interesting um, because there's a couple of different people who really you could put forward. And even though, again, I'm totally with Hunter in this, I'm not the biggest TJ Dillashaw fan, albeit for some different reasons as well we know. Um, In many ways, it does make sense. Um, I see it. um, I can understand it. However, the angle I approach this from is TJ's last fight was a split decision win over Corey Samhagen, as we know, still hurts to this day. And it's, statistically speaking, it's the closest fight ever scored on verdict, which has basically become the people's scorecard for the sport we all love and enjoy. Now, the question I have to ask you is this. Beating Corey Samhagen is very, very impressive, but does a controversial split decision warrant a title shot? That is my difficulty with this fight. Stylistically, I'm all for it. I think it would be a great fight, like Hunter said, and I agree with him. I don't recall the last time I saw TJ Dillashaw get out-wrestled and out-worked in that way. And Aljamain Sterling looked really impressive against Piotr Jan. Love him or hate him, you can't deny that. However, I tend to lean towards someone like Jose Aldo being more deserving of a shot solely based on activity and winning in that way. I think TJ Dillashaw being able to come back and eke out a win over Corey Samhagen is impressive. I'm not sticking my boot into him for that, but I don't see it being enough to warrant a shot. I think the division is full enough to have someone else step up to the plate first. But if it happens, do I hate it? Absolutely not. I think it's a great fight. I think it'll sell. I think you. I think the press conferences will be very exciting for that. I think both guys will sell it really well on their own too. So would TJ Dillashaw be my first choice? Honestly, no. But do I hate it? No, I don't either. Um, I'm not quite as excited maybe as Hunter is, 
But I can see where they're going with it. So I'm not, I don't totally hate it either. Well, we all know TJ is your favorite fighter anyway. So, I mean, you're yeah, absolutely... he's, he's right <laughs> below Jake Paul in my top. Oh, right, list. right. Of course. Um, I think this all comes down, like, like Keelan was saying to that, that Corey Sanhagen fight, of course, I think, uh, I'll, I probably think it's the closest fight I've probably ever seen, ever had to score. Because I was at the end of it, I was like, okay, it's a coin flip. Um, I did score TJ barely, but I it's as close as a fight as you can possibly see. But my art, my, my the only my only argument against um what you were saying, Kaylin, because you're making a lot of sense, was that would be that they give they gave Corey Sanhagen an interim title shot off of losing a close. That is true. That is true. So in this scenario, Jose Aldo just got booked. Um, to fight and and so now I think that it makes sense logically that TJ's the next guy in line. I mean, you can't give Pyrion as much as we might debate the decision of that Aljamain Sterling fight, the the outcome of the first one. Pyrion technically is coming off of two losses in a row to Aljamain Sterling. You you logically it makes no sense to give him another title shot. So you have to go to TJ, who I think is the next guy in line. Um, so I I, I honestly I think logically the ba- for as much as bantamweight makes absolutely no sense. This is the most logical thing, I think, for, for the Bantamweight division title picture. Um, although, I would, of course, we would all love to see Jose Aldo get a title shot. Hopefully, he does win and gets another title shot. But um, I think, I think TJ is fine. I think that is a great matchup as well because TJ Dillashaw on the feet going to have an advantage. Uh, where it comes down to is if it goes to the ground, what happens then? Will Aljamain Sterling be able to control TJ like that? TJ notoriously has great game plans for his opponents and, and fights very strategically. So I think that's going to come into it a little bit and we'll see what happens. But I'm all for this. I'm excited for this. I think what they say, UFC 278 in August, I'm pretty sure. I that, think it's 79. 79. I could, I could be wrong. It's either 70. It's still in August, though. I'm, I got it, August, right? It that, is August, it's, yeah. It's in August, yeah. So that August card is looking stacked. I think they're targeting Poirier Gaethje for that card as well and a bunch of other fights. So I'm excited for it. I'm all for it, and I love it. And I love what the Ben and Weight division is trending as well. Okay, with that, let's go ahead and move on to the best of the best. And this is a very fun topic today. If MMA was doing an open weight Anybody versus anybody, UFC one style. Hunter, who would come out on top? All right. I have two. Because <laughs> actually, I, I have one throwaway yeah. and then two real ones. Okay. okay. I'll go fast. Okay. My yeah. throwaway is John Jones right now. Because <laughs> honestly, I think John Jones could easily do it. And yeah. He's the heavyweight now, so he could compete with literally anyone. Yeah. And he's one of the best to ever do it. But yeah. he hasn't fought in two years. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him out of the picture because that's no fun. My second one is Tom Aspinall. I think oh, uh, that's a good I one. think he can outwork anyone, uh, and he's not going to be necessarily uh, in any um, form of danger against anyone either because he's good everywhere he fights. He's yeah. good standing. He's good on the ground. He's got good submission skills. And I would have just picked Francis Ngannou if uh, I, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, why wouldn't I just pick the, the heavyweight <laughs> champ? And then I'm like – well, what if Nganu tires out? You know, he's getting older now, and his ground game honestly isn't the best, even though he wrestled his last fight. So I'm like, Tom Aspinall might be the man to go. And my last, but definitely not least, would probably be Cody Garbrandt because of this. <laughs> and then Sean, Sean O'Malley's right, right below. Sean O'Malley, did, he almost made the list. He was like okay. a cutoff. Yeah, he was close. Yeah. Not close. But uh, – Honestly, um, my actual third was uh, Glover Teixeira. I think Glover ah, could, could take a shot better than anyone. And if he could take a shot better than anyone, I think no one's going to outwork him on the ground. It's not a bad matchup to have yeah. for anyone. I think Glover's a great fighter in general, and he could win just about against anyone. So Yeah. 
Bom, first of all, I love this topic so much. Jack, thank you for making us discuss it this week and holding a virtual gun to us because I love this. This is this is like the best discussion of the week that we've had in a long time. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed thinking about this a lot. And there's a couple of different things to consider. First of all, it has to be someone who's slightly higher up in weight because going smaller in weight realistically just isn't going to work. So I think we know where the cutoff lies there. I don't think heavyweight is the best answer, but I don't think, you know, flyweight is going to be your answer either. So it's somewhere towards the upper 75% range of those two weight classes. And I had a couple of throwaways. I think John Jones is the obvious throwaway because if this was John Jones seven, eight years ago, he'd have beaten every single person alive. And I don't think there's a debate to be had about that. But we also have to be realistic and we have to talk about people who've actually fought and people who continue to fight. Um, And I think if we were to do a UFC one style open weight Grand Prix with the old school rules as well, there's only one person I can truly think of that I think would have a reasonable chance of beating everybody in any weight class. And it's Kamaru Usman. Um, I can't. And I do have a couple of reasons for this. First of all, we know how good he is in his own division. I don't need to go over his resume again because we've talked about it a lot already. The reason why I've picked Kamaru Usman, and I've been very particular about this because I had, I think me and Jack are thinking pretty similarly here. The reason I picked Usman is this. A, he's going to obliterate everybody below him because he's a huge yeah. 170. So pretty much anybody lighter than him is going to get tanked, uh, whoever steps in with him. But Kamaru Usman has, I mean, I'm not saying this will happen. I'm simply making the point that he's teased or Ali Abdelaziz, read into that what you will, has teased a move up to 205. Now, what that tells me is that Kamaru Usman, whilst that's not going to happen, I'm not saying that's the case, <laughs> He said, I know I'm sad as well. He's at least teased the remote possibility that he's comfortable moving up in weight. That tells me that for a guy who's as huge as Kamaru at 170, he'd be uberly competitive against 185ers because he basically is a, he'd still be a big middleweight. And he'd still be a competitively sized light heavyweight as well. So I think if you're looking for a guy who best fits the mold of who could realistically fight anybody, any weight size, I think the best bet you have is Kamaru Usman. Now, I have no doubt Jack's got some brilliant picks that I've completely forgotten about. But for me, if I had to make my one bet that I would stake it on, it would be Kamaru Usman. That is fascinating because I I think that if Kamaru Usman, I don't know that he just seems he is a big welterweight, but those guys especially, I think he could beat Izzy. I, I think he would at 185. But once you reach even Yuri Prohoshka, that dude, those guys hit. That's a light heavyweight hitting. That's, that's light heavyweight power hitting you. And any I think anyone goes down if you if you're a welterweight guy going up there, you don't have the height advantage. You don't have anything. Plus, think about Glover Teixeira's wrestling. He can match up with that. Glover Teixeira rocked Yuri Prohaska so bad. If he just true. a little bit more composed, he'd still be the champ right now. So I don't know. That's But that's fascinating. I love it. Great points. I would go uh, – I am going to take the obvious route. I think Francis Ngannou would be a solid pick. I really think he would be a solid pick. Because, one, imagine you have Davidson Figueroa against Francis Ngannou. 
I mean, or don't imagine that because that would be the terrible. Of war wins. Yeah. <laughs> he's going out of the octagon. Um, but I, I think Francis Ngannou, you know, he's got great coaches. Obviously, the cardio is an issue and all of that. But he knock out half the roster in 30 seconds, and then the rest of it's, like, tougher. Yeah. But I, I think but that'll be my throwaway pick, though. I'll say that's my throwaway pick. Um, however, I, I do like that. I, I think um, I really, really like the Tom Aspinall pick, but I'll go a little bit different from that because I don't think he's ready for the whole UFC roster just yet, but he's getting there. Um, I think, look, even still, I think Steve Amiocic would be a good pick because of his size, his speed. I am still, at if they ever fight, which is looking like it's not going to happen now, I still would pick Steve A over John Jones. And that's, I think, a hugely unpopular pick right now, but I stand behind that. I think Stipe is so good if he puts on a little bit of weight. He's so fast, the wrestling. He's got great boxing. I think Stipe is a great pick. Um, and then the last one I go for, I like Glover Teixeira. I mix it up, and I'll go with Jan Blachowicz. I think Jan Blachowicz, he, I think if he just sees up his takedown defense, not even his takedown defense, getting up off the ground, if he can work on getting up off the ground, I think he could be champ again. And I think he's such a well-rounded fighter that deserves credit. I mean, the way he beat Israel Adesanya was so great because he beat him in a technical fight, which no one beats Israel Adesanya in a technical fight. Right. So I think his and, and his his offensive wrestling is good too. So I think my my picks would be uh, Jan Jan Blahovic, um and and uh, the one I said before. So I I think that's the way I go as far as that. But I, great picks for all you guys, and the Kamar Usman one is definitely fascinating as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think with Kamar, you've just got to be careful listening to Ali Abdelaziz and I think you have yeah. to judge it for yourself <laughs> yeah but just to be different you know might as well we're here playing devil's advocate we may as well have some fun with it yeah yeah for sure for sure well let's go ahead and move on to the pick of the night and we're coming off a great pay-per-view and I think finally we have a good fight night it's been a little bit before we've had like a really good fight night I think this is a really good fight night headlined by Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett Hunter what's your pick of the night upset of the night all right this is a tough one, guys. Okay. I think my pick of the night is Cody, Cody Stammen. All right. Okay. He's, yeah. he's fighting at the beginning of the card. I think he's a great pick. Um, he's lost to, I think, his last, he lost his last fight, but that makes him a better person to bet on because of the odds. Yeah. You guys have to realize he lost to Umar Nurmagomedov. I mean, that guy is unstoppable. So, yeah, he is, Cody, huh? betting on Cody Stammen is a good idea for this fight. Yeah. And that's my pick of the night. My upset of the night is going to be Josh Emmett by knockout. I think uh, Josh Emmett has what it takes. Whoa. He is a pretty damn good fighter. I've been watching the fight since 2018 now. He's from Sacramento, California, so I can't not back up my boy. <laughs> um, Josh Emmett's got the power. He can, he's got the entertainment value to go fight with Shane Burgos, but come back and still win against these top-ranked fighters. He's got fantastic wrestling he can rely on if things start getting uh, a little rocky on the feet because Calvin Cater is a great boxer. But Josh Emmett has that power as well. I mean, he is knocking, he knocked everyone out in, in his prime. And I think he yeah. still is in his prime. He's just getting better. So Josh Emmett by knockout, because what the boss says goes. Jay's back at it once again. <laughs> I actually missed it yeah. a little bit. Um, right. So pick of the night, upset of the night. This is interesting because there's a lot of odds that I've seen for this card. And most of the odds where I would have picked an upset, they're actually quite even. So this is a difficult one to pick. It's not like there's many clear, you know, you know, favorites and yeah. underdogs at, at this evening. So 
Anyway, I'm going to go for my pick for the main card. And I'm actually, I'm just going to stick with Hunter's pick for upset of the night. Because to be honest with you, this is, I don't think this is a card you're really going to make much money on betting on a, an underdog. I just think the odds are too narrow. So I'll say Josh Emmett as my upset just because I can't really see any other one. Yeah. But my pick of the night is actually in the prelims and it's the headliner. And it's Adrian Yanez against Tony uh, Kelly. That's I, have a, I have Adrian winning this by a knockout because I love it. You guys know how much I love Adrian Yanez. He, Adrian Yanez is actually the guy I'd have given Sean O'Malley next instead of Pedro Munoz. I would have loved to have seen that fight because I think that those are probably the two best technically speaking up and coming bantamweights um and i think it would have been a fight of the night contender no doubt so i think adrian yanez has got a very i mean tony kelly's eight and two he's as tough as they come but adrian yanez is just one of the top up and coming bantamweights in that division and i think he picks up another knockout and he's on his way to superstardom i really do he's in his home state of texas he's got his crowd behind him and i think if he gets that knockout that crowd absolutely pops so my pick of the night is Adrian Yanez. My upset pick is Josh Emmett. Again, as I said, because I can't find any odds to pick anything else. And I'm not going to say my signature catchphrase because that's only when I make original picks. That wasn't an original pick. I'm just sticking behind Hunter for this one. Jack, what have you got? Look, feel free to say it whenever, Keelan. I mean, you, you, did, it for, you did it for discussion the week one time. Like, it's, it's open for whatever. <laughs> Um, We've created a new thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with my upset of the night first. And I think this is an upset of the night. If there's one that I would bet on, this is the one that I would bet on. I would go Joe Lozon over Donald Cerrone in the coming event. Right. Good one. Um, it's going to be a close fight, a, a blast from the past. Uh, but Joe Lozon, look, he hasn't fought in a while. I think it's been since 2019. But when he fights, he brings it every single time. And he really hasn't looked too watered down. Donald Cerrone, I feel like, has looked a little watered down. And with the whole incident that happened the last fight that they tried to schedule and everything, I, I think I'm leaning towards Joe Lozon in this. I'd say by submission, his ground game is so good always. Um, so I'm leaning towards Joe Lozon in this one. That would be my upset of the night for this fight night. Um, although, don't count out Donald Cerrone, but I would go Joe Lozon. For the main event, Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett. Hunter, I'm going to disagree with you. And Keelan, I'm going to disagree with you, too. I can't believe you guys are both picking Josh Emmett. That's shocking to me. Uh, Calvin Cater just came off of one of the best performances. He, he Max Holloway, Giga Chikadze. Um, and it was it was a great performance. Calvin Cater is flying right now. Obviously, you have to be looking out for the knockout power of Josh Emmett. But Cater is such a great fighter. I think he's going to win from the outside, pick him apart, and try and finish him. I'm going to go by a decision. Calvin Cater over Josh Emmett. Um I look. I love Josh Hammond, but I think Calvin Cater is just on another level right now. I think he's back. I think he's re, re, uh, ready to go and everything. So I love it. But and and here, you know why that is, guys? Because if you want the facts, you listen to Jack. Oh, that was strong. That and original pick. I listen to your upset. That's for sure. I like yeah. the joke. <laughs> <laughs> that that fascinates me. I, that really fascinates me. That you're going with with Emmett, guys. I, I mean, I respect it. That, but it's interesting. You know, Amen. Really what he said there. there. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I love Calvin Cater, and I even picked uh, Calvin Cater to beat Giga Chikadze when yeah. everyone was on that Chikadze. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't I honestly think I think the power difference is going to be a huge factor here. Calvin yeah. Cater really hasn't had to deal with a ton of power lately. If we think about it, I think the That's last. True really powerful hitter he fought was Shane Burgos or um or or uh Jeremy Stevens. That's the only that's a, probably the last hard hitter that 
uh, I would say Calvin Cater is really fun. Maybe, maybe like, he's a beat if you throw him in there. Which also definitely a happy a retirement, player. by the way. Yeah, but he's like that was like 2017, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to go too deep on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say this: I think Calvin Cater can definitely. We can obviously see he could take a punch from the Max Holloway fight, but can he take a powerful punch? That will be the question. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point Hunter makes, and I'll say this really quickly because you guys have covered it brilliantly there. Uh, first of all, Jack meant what he said there. You could hear the tone in that. You <laughs> listen to Jack, and you do listen to Jack because you don't listen to me. You listen to one of the other two guys. That's just a little friendly advice if you are new. Feeling. Get some confidence. You got it. <laughs> yeah, it gets the people going. Um, yeah, I think my thing with Josh Emmett is, is I think Josh Emmett, is the most underappreciated featherweight in the division right now. I think he's overlooked way too often for guys like Brian Ortega, Yaya Rodriguez, pretty much any guy either side of Josh Emmett he gets overlooked for. And people do sleep on the par he carries in his hands. And even though I really like Calvin Cater, and even though and for some facets of the game I lean towards him, the thing with Josh Emmett is exactly what Hunter outlined. Calvin Cater loves being in a firefight. We know that we saw that with um, the Giga Chikadze fight, but Josh Emmett brings a lot of power and pressure of his own, and his wrestling is very underappreciated as well. My question for Calvin Cater is, can he deal with that? Because we've already seen that Calvin Cater will keep coming forward when he takes voluminous damage from a Max Holloway, for example. But taking power damage is a totally different equation yeah. entirely. And Josh Emmett hits like a truck as well. So the first round will tell me all I need to know. It's kind of hard to say at this point. But I like Hunter's argument. And I suppose as well being different, I'll stick with it. But Jack, I like your arguments as well. Yeah. And I like the fact that you meant what you said. So that's <laughs> all I got to say. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, and I'm confident in my pick, but kind of to back you guys up a little bit, I think that the war he went through with Max Holloway, and honestly, Giga Chikadze as well, because they traded in that fight, you never know. With, with people's chins, like, you could have a solid, look at Tony Ferguson. I mean, obviously a longer career, but someone can have a chin that's never broken before. And then that's true. one shot from a guy like that, one shot from Michael Chandler Power, which is Josh Emmett at Featherweight, has that power. And no one else possesses it. It could it could shut anybody's lights out. However, I cater all the way. I really think he's that good. I think he's another level. I think he's going to show that. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Good fight night and great podcast, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. You can listen to us everywhere, literally everywhere, including iTunes and Spotify. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at MMA.Island and check out our website, MMAIsland.net. As always, thank you all so much for listening and great podcast, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And especially check out the new website. We've yes. just updated it. It's just been spray painted. It's fresh. It's <laughs> new. Go and check it out.